Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1860. I'm your host, Jeff Alden, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to Sunday. You know, I've been trying to slow down a little bit with some of the news shows, and this Sunday I'm bringing back one from my other show, Job Search Radio, that I discontinued a while back. And this is an interview talking about federal resumes and some of the requirements for them. Hope you find it helpful and hope you give it a great review wherever you listen to the show. And with that, let's get going. So my guest on this week's show is Latanya F. Moore Esquire, attorney, entrepreneur, and coach with more than 15 years of employment experience and a specialty in federal employment. Latanya provides services to private clients on all things federal job hunting. Latanya, welcome to Job Search Radio. Great to have you here. Jeff, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate this opportunity. You're very welcome. So, federal resumes, civilian resumes, resumes, private sector resumes. Why are we talking about this? What what the hell is the difference between a a federal (laughs) resume and a private sector resume? Let's put it that way. The biggest difference, Jeff, is that in the private sector, the rule, the, the typical rule of thumb is the one page resume. So you have to sort of encapsulate everything into just a couple of bullet points on the federal resume. They want to know absolutely everything. So they want to know who you are, how long you work there. They want to know what your last salary was. Who was your supervisor? What's your supervisor's phone number? Can they contact the supervisor? And they want to know every single detail of what you did in a particular job, which of course, as you know, is drastically different from the private sector resume where they just need a quick overview so that they can make a decision about whether or not they're going to give you an interview. That must be torture to formulate. You think about every supervisor, you know, every detail, every bit of minutiae known to man or womankind in a, in a document. How long do these things wind up being? Well, it's not that bad, but I'll tell you, when I was a federal employee, so for example, my sample federal resume, which is my personal federal resume, is about six pages long. Now, for me, it's six pages long because, for example, I worked for one agency and I had multiple positions within that agency. So, again, you have to put a lot of a lot of detail 
it, it, it could be long. It sounds like it's, it's very tedious, but I don't want to turn off the viewers and the listeners because it's really not. It's just a matter of being strategic in how you present the information. Okay. So in the traditional civilian resume, we've got the typical header, name, address, um, city say zip code, phone numbers, email address. Any difference there? No, but there is an addition. An addition ah. is whether <laughs> whether or not you are seeking a specific region or geographical area. Are you looking to move? Are you flexible? Things, things of that nature. And the difference, Jeff, is that a lot of these things are asked up front. But as you know, when you move along the interview process in any sector, sometimes they ask you those things. So it's not that the information is irrelevant. It's just that you have to provide a lot of that information up front. Interesting. I never would have thought of that as a, as a, as a necessity, but okay, that's the, the the way the rules work. Oh, I'm sorry. One one other thing. One other thing. I, I definitely need to add is they do ask you for your social security number, not your birth date, but your social security number. You must be willing to disclose that on your federal resume. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> Especially given the hacks that have taken place in federal systems. Yeah. Okay. That That's the way the rule is. That's the way it goes. So we've got that header done. Where does someone go to from there? How, how do they begin providing that information flow uh, so that someone examining it? And I'm going to check. Is there an applicant tracking system or are there human beings looking at this at this point? Well, it starts out with the applicant tracking system, and that's through usajobs.gov. Again, that's usajobs.gov, and that particular system is maintained through the Office of Personnel Management. That's the first step. After you get past the applicant tracking system, then there are individuals that check for it. So for the people that, that make it through that, that layer, <laughs> there are actually staffing specialists at the respective agencies that will check to make sure that your credentials do match that particular job that you're applying for. Gotcha. So I'm going to detour a little bit off the resume because I always have this thing about applicant tracking systems. So in the the private sector, when you submit a resume to an ATS, the idea is to get the relevant data as early in the document as possible so that this way, the system believes it's more current work. And since so many of these systems have been programmed with data dictionaries that are looking for these particular keywords for a job, they like to see it more recently so that this way they think it's current. Is the same thing true in the federal systems as well? Yes, it's similar. However, the federal system requires that you present your job information in a reverse chronological order. So your most most recent job experience is going to be up front anyway. Okay, good. Great. I'm just trying to make sure of this. So we've got the header here and we're starting to get into the body of the resume. Private sector, if someone has a degree or an advanced degree, education tends to go there uh, next. Is that true for the federal resume? Well, it depends. And the clients that I coach privately about this, what it, it really depends on where they are in their career. So, for example, my advice to a 
a new person entering the workforce or a person entering a new field would be different from a person that's seasoned in a particular category of jobs. So what does that mean, LaTanya? <laughs> hey, I can just sit back now. This is great. <laughs> but but what that but what that means is that if you are a seasoned employee, I would suggest that you do something like a summary of qualifications. And that encapsulates everything that you've done in an overview standpoint at the very top so that they'll know, okay, they have 15 years of experience doing this or 14 years or 10 years versus a person who has, they're right out of college. So their particular degree and course of study is what's going to get them through the door initially. So just the detour with the seasoned person for a second, with that summary, you know, sometimes uh, in the private sector, people are encouraged to use like a cover letter that has like uh, the T-square formula, the requirement of the position in one column, and in effect, fundamentally, what the person's done and for how long that relates to that, to the right. Uh, and, you know, it could be eight or nine different qualifications. Is that useful in the summary area or should they just think in terms of, OK, let's just put the bullet points of what I've done that relates to this job right in there? No, it's very useful. And, and what I always tell people is that in your summary, only utilize or summarize the information that is important for that particular position. That's very important in the federal sector. You really just need to use the information that's just important because remember, the resume is already much longer than a standard private sector resume. So you want to make sure that you don't have a 15 page resume and a two page summary of qualifications. Beautiful. We're making a lot of progress here. I'm starting to get the difference. So, <laughs> so we, we've got this summary that's really targeted toward the specific job. Now, if someone were applying to multiple positions, would they be still using, let's say from that point on, the same resume and just changing summaries uh, to demonstrate the fit? Or is it really going to be completely customized for every single job you apply for on the federal level? Okay. I know it's going to be a toughie. Well, but if, if you're applying for a job under... If all of your applications are going to a job under one series, for example, which is just a class of jobs, typically those requirements are going to be the same. And so you're just going to tweak, for example, you're, you'll tweak the qualification summary of qualifications if you're going for a supervisory versus a non-supervisory position, of course. If you're applying for jobs in multiple series, then you definitely want to make sure that you completely tweak that area for, for a specific category of jobs. Terrific. I'm, I'm sorry to take you off on these tangents, but my mind keeps going in this way because uh, I'm comparing the two types of resume. And as you know, in the private sector, you know, people are coached to tailor a complete resume to each individual job. But since that federal resume is offering so much more information, I was thinking that maybe that summary area be the one place that they could zero in on to highlight particular parts of their background. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we're going to be back with more from Latanya in just a moment. But first, my job search insider tip for this show, which is you know, sometimes you're going to accept the position 
And you're going to realize pretty quickly, maybe I made the wrong decision here. Maybe this is not the job I was think I was told it was. And what do you do? You know, your dream job is turned into a nightmare is what we're talking about. So the, the first thing I would suggest doing right off the bat is, number one, speak with some of your colleagues and see if this is the norm for the role or whether this just happens to be a particularly stressful or unusual time. Sometimes you discover, as someone told me about a few weeks ago, they were the fifth person sitting in that chair in eight months. There's a message in that, quite obviously, that they withheld. So, you know, that's different than, no, this this is unusual. So if it is unusual, then go to your boss and just simply say, hey, you know, I understand things are a little different right now. There's some stuff going on. How long do you think this is going to run? That helps to manage your anxiety and manage your expectations. And if you discover, lo and behold, that this is what the norm is going to be because they forgot to tell you about that reorg that put you in it put the group into a different place in the organization, well, maybe it's time to dust off the resume pretty quickly. And when you go out and interview, don't badmouth the, the employer. Just simply say, you know, something seemed to shift not long after I joined. It's not the role that I, that I was told it was going to be. You know, business happens, but, you know, yes, business happens for me too. I don't want to sit here and go through this. It, it doesn't serve my professional needs. and It's not the work I bargained for. So that's my tip for this show. If you like it, there's a lot more on my website, which again is the biggamehunter.us. Visit the site, go exploring, particularly in the blog. There's a lot more there that'll help you that you can watch, listen to, or read. So Let's come back to Latanya and pick up where we left off. So, so far we've gotten through this summary because I ask a lot of questions. <laughs> and where do we go to from here? What's the next step in the process? Well, what I would suggest, uh, again, it, it, it again depends on where you are in your, in your career. A more seasoned person, I believe, can go right into their experience. They have the summary, so that's going to get the that's going to get the staffing specialist excited into reading. Well, okay, let me see the details of what this person has done. So you're going to move right into that for a, a entry level employee, or again, someone that's transitioning into another category of jobs. I would say go right into whatever it is that makes you qualified for this new endeavor or this new position. So for example, a student, they may lead with whatever their degree is, and they may have some pertinent courses that they've actually taken in school that applies to the job. A transitional person, they may have just gotten a new certification or something to that effect. That's what I would lead with if I were them. So I'm gonna leap in on the beginner. Uh, And obviously there are entry level jobs in the federal sector. So are they laying out their coursework that's relevant as as the typical private sector resume might uh, or internships? What would you suggest the beginner do uh, to to demonstrate qualifications? Well, absolutely. If if coursework is your strong suit, you definitely want to go there. If you have an internship, again, whether it's pertinent or, or not, it is valuable real world work experience versus a work study program, for example, if you have been a researcher or a research assistant with a professor that's doing something that's cutting edge or relevant to that particular position. 
all of that is very important information because they see that you have the experience in that particular subject matter. Gotcha. Now, for the, the experienced individual, time to go into all that detail. <laughs> is there a format for the detail that the federal sector likes to say? I would suggest bullet points because it makes it, it easier to read. It makes it easier to see when it gets to the staffing specialist. If you do a, a paragraph format, unfortunately, if you're talking about you've, you've worked at a company for 12 years, those paragraphs can look a tad bit tedious. So you may want to do something that is going to make it easier for them to identify the relevant experience that they're seeking when they determine whether or not you're going to make it to the next level. So from my, my background is in private sector recruiting and I've, I've coached people for years, but ultimately a lot of what I do is help individuals find work. And in a private sector resume, you know, they may have one role with an organization for four years and another one with that same one for two and one before that. And I heard you say before that you know, everything has to be disclosed. You know, it has to all get laid out. So I'm wondering how much more detail should someone do for the, uh, for the federal sector resume different than the private sector? Well, again, I think it it really helps. So in let's use your example of someone who's who's worked with one company and they've had multiple roles. What I always, always, always tell my clients is that you don't really look at the roles. And again, this is for federal sector in terms of job date. You look at the day that you entered that company and the date that you left. So let's say you started with a company in 2005 and you're still there. And this is 2016. When on the federal resume, you'll put you started in 2005 to the present and then under then you start with your most recent position. And what is it that that you're doing there? And then you go, you know, in reverse chronological order in those positions now. Different people have, will, will say different things. So some people will say, well, you should list every single position that you that you've had. With my clients, it really depends. So, for example, if that's the only job that this person has had, for example, I would tend to tell them to list the different positions versus someone who who have had multiple jobs or multiple positions outside of that company, I would say that you could actually just list some duties and responsibilities that you've had while working with this particular company. Gotcha. So I, again, I'm, I'm trying to be as specific as possible here because that's my, my makeup. So in this example of someone with 10 years of experience, let's say they had five years before that. So what I heard you say is once they have some additional experience, maybe not quite as much of the detail for the federal resume as they might if this was their only job. Yes, Do I have absolutely, that right? absolutely. Absolutely. Because one one other thing about the federal resume is they like to see accomplishments. So if there have been some major things that you've done. So, for example, in the scenario that we're discussing right now, let's say that in those previous years, 
they receive the top earner award or they receive the award for this or this or that. Those are some things that you can just encapsulate as accomplishments while working for this company. They may not even be in that same position, but it's a track record of success with this company. So with this resume, there's a formula that I, I coach people to. Uh, I, I had an interview with a guy named Ron Nash, and we were talking about resumes and LinkedIn profiles. And it involves defining what the problem was that you were presented with, the action that you took, the result that, that took place as a result of your personal action. And then I tacked in this one other uh, uh, criteria called the metrics. Is there a way to measure the impact of what you did in terms of money saved, money earned, or how much better you were as an employee than the average? Is that a value on the federal resume as well? It's It's a value, especially in jobs where there is a a widget requirement. So for example, if you need to collect, I I was an attorney for uh, the federal government for a little bit over 12 years. And the issue was less, less than, it wasn't about the number of cases that you closed. It was more about the quality of those closures from a time frame standpoint. So for example, my numbers, my percentages were, were very, very good with regard to keeping cases on the statutory schedule timeframes. That's something that's very valuable to the company or to the agency. And so those are the things that are very important. If you're a person who, you, because it's going to save money, I wouldn't have known. I have no clue how much money that saved by being more efficient, because just from my position, that's just something that I wouldn't know. So I wouldn't be able to share that. However, I do know what my percentages are. You know, for example, when I left the government, I had about an 89 percent closure rate for cases that were within the statutory time frame versus the average. And again, the, the average is a national average is about 67 percent. These are things that are very that are very important because it shows efficiency and it's something that you can provide the data if you have to. Right. And and that's that kind of metrics. And, and when Ron and I were talking, we used the example of the call center person. How do you measure what a call center person's dollar value is? You really can't. But what you can do is compare them with the typical one or for the administrative assistant uh, who is handling more calls by 18% than the average administrative assistant or receptionist. You know, that's a measurement that can work. I don't know if there are places in, in public sector where you can measure uh, revenue generated outside of internal revenue or money saved, but you can people can clearly use these kind of metrics like you did. Uh, comparison with the mean about, uh, as in your case, 89% versus 60 some odd percent. Uh, as being a measure of efficiency. Nice, Latanya. Why'd you leave the federal government? <laughs> well, I'm I'm doing my own thing. You know, sometimes you have to look at purpose and you have to say, what is it that I was sent here to do when, when I was born? So that's what I'm pursuing. I'm pursuing my purpose. I'm pursuing my dream. I love every, I love all things labor, <laughs> all things labor, labor and employment for sure. But now I'm actually doing some other some other endeavors as well. Thank you. I was just curious about that. Now let's come back to that resume. 
<laughs> so we've got the, you know, we're, we're laying out the jobs there uh, and we're talking in terms of problems a person faced, the action that they took, uh, minimally actions, because, you know, I'm sure that in, in a case like yours, I'm not sure that it's it's appropriate to talk about problems. You know, you can outline what your responsibilities were and that you handled a particular type of caseload, what the results were, and of course the metrics as we've been talking about. So I'm wondering, um, you know, again, we're gonna stick with this kind of formula. Is, th is that the best thing to do? Ab absolutely, because remember, we have a, a resume that could technically be an endless number of pages. So if you could take everything that you've done and put it into one or two bullet points about outcomes, measurements and outcomes, that's going to help tremendously as that resume gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Although the government wants to know a lot, no one wants to read a 20 page resume. So you still have to know that this resume eventually is going to fall into a human's hands. So you want to make sure that you're as efficient with the information, but you do have to disclose a lot more. Cool. So with that, I'm wondering how we're getting up to you know, six or eight page resumes, because uh, it, it's not sounding radically different than the private sector resume. Uh, so at the end of the day, how does it wind up being this long? Well, because once people find out that they're supposed to include every single thing, they include every single thing. And so what I do is when I work with when I work with clients on how to structure their resume, the very first thing that I do is tell them, send me every single thing. And then what I do is I refashion their resumes to make it more efficient. Now, how does a resume, for example, like my resume get gets to be how does it get to be six pages? There are several different things that first of all, I worked for four different agencies while I was with mm -hmm. the while I was with the federal government and all of my, my very first job was not directly an attorney job. And so that information, uh, again, I did I had multiple hats. So I did investigations. I did training. I did mediations. I did all different types of things, which all had to be explained in terms of what that is. My my attorney positions, uh, again, they were all different. I worked for one federal agency where it was more of a, I, 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 I hate to say it, but it's like a multiple practice area. It wasn't quite centralized. Then another agency I worked for, it was primarily labor and employment. And so for me, I had about four to five different practice areas for one particular job. So again, detail, we had to talk about the measurements, this metrics that you've talked about and also the achievements. So my particular situation is a tad bit different possibly from others, but that's how my resume ended up being six pages because I had to include all the other sections uh, as well. You know, my experience, I have several certifications. I've done a lot of, you know, I want to keep my achievements on there because I want everybody to know. So those are things again, that, that add to the length of my resume. Gotcha. So let me use the example. Actually, let me detour again. I love these detours today. So a government worker, existing one who's trying to change agencies, they're again working through USA.gov. 
in order to apply for positions. Everyone, whether they're currently employed by the, the federal government or outside the federal government, is going through that portal, right? Absolutely. So from there, most of them already have gone through this once. So they have a sense of what the process is like. Any particular advice for government workers that are applying or federal government workers that are applying through there who may have forgotten some things about how to apply? Absolutely. What I would suggest to I would suggest a couple of things with, with the federal sector. There are different job categories and different pay classes and, and all of the, all of these things. But what I would say is that if you're going, for example, and, and federal sector employees will kind of get this a little bit. If you're going, for example, from a wage grade to a general schedule job and a wage grade, meaning it's a, a regular hourly job versus a salaried position just you know to sort of make it consistent with the private sector if you're going from one to the other typically your general scheduled jobs are going to be your more professional jobs redo that old resume a lot of times with the wage grade positions they apply directly with the agency versus actually going through that process so they could presently be there are several ways to get a wage grade position that goes outside of this process and i know that's outside of what we're talking about However, that's a big, a, a big difference and a big step. Also for present federal employees that are going from, from a general schedule job to a senior executive service position, totally different process, totally different resume, totally different application materials. So again, you definitely have to know all of those different levels and the requirements of all of those different levels so that you can be competitive. Super. And we're, I know we're starting to come up on the end of time with one another for today, and there's so much more to cover. Um, so for someone in private sector coming in, and they've now got the eight-page, you know, <laughs> book, Tolstoy book, and they've got to edit it down, where do you begin and edit? Wow. I think for what, what I normally do, I always start with – the experience. And I say, okay, how can I take this person's resume or how can I take this person's job experience from one page to a half a page, for example? How, is there any way to effectively cut it in half and they're still able to be competitive in the job? That's the very first thing that I look for when I work with clients. Sometimes you can't do that. So if I can't do that, then I look for other ways to cut that resume, <laughs> to just cut that resume down as much as possible. And a lot of times it comes down to things like certifications. If it's a certification that is not relevant to either a class of jobs that they're looking for a, or a particular job announcement that they're going to send that particular resume to, I, I have them take it off. So just anything that when it comes down to it, you don't necessarily need this right now. Those are the ways that I cut down that resume. Cool. Now, as I said at the beginning, this is not my area of specialization. It's yours. So if I haven't asked you something today that we really need to cover, please let everyone know what that is so that my ignorance doesn't impact the interview. Well, <laughs> what happened I asked you about that we need to cover? Well, one one thing that I would really like to in, encourage 
your listeners who are military veterans who have never worked for the federal government before, there are the easiest way to explain it is set asides. You can actually apply for jobs with the federal government, just like any other federal employee. You get and in, in, in addition to that, there are 10 point, 20 point and 30 point preferences that you get based on your veteran status. So what does that mean? That means when you go through this resume process that we've been talking about this entire time and your resume materials or application materials are scored, you will then get an extra 10 points, 20 points or 30 points, depending on your eligibility status. That could be the difference between you being sent to a selecting official or not. The other thing I'd like to add is that if there is if there is a choice between a veteran and a non-veteran, again, this is competitive service, but if there is a choice between a veteran and a non-veteran, the rule of thumb is that the veteran should be selected, but all things must be equal. And there are a lot of people that do not know this. And so if you are a veteran and you have applied for a job and you feel that your preference, your veteran's preference or something like that has not been taken into account, there are ways that you can seek to rectify that. Should they put their, their veteran status early in the resume? Absolutely. It goes right up top with your with your header. You need to put it right up there with with your header, whether or not you're you're a veteran or not. Super. Latanya, thank you so much for making time today. How can folks find out more about you and the work that you do? Well, thank you for having me, Jeff. They can reach out. My company is called Opulence Enterprises. We're at www.opcoach.tv. That's www.opcoach.tv. They can also reach me by email. They can reach me at opulencetv at gmail.com. Again, that's opulencetv at gmail.com. Beautiful. Job Search Advice Radio, episode 1860. I'm your host, Jeff Alpin, the Big Game Hunter, and welcome to Sunday. You know, I've been trying to slow down a little bit with some of the news shows, and this Sunday I'm bringing back one from my other show, Job Search Radio, that I discontinued a while back. And this is an interview talking about federal resumes and some of the requirements for them. Hope you find it helpful and hope you give it a great review wherever you listen to the show. And with that, let's get going. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Pretzels. Look. What, Chips? Look. Who's the new guy? Fanta. I think he's looking at me. Uh, Pretzels, you got it twisted. He's looking at me. Stop being salty, Chips. We both got a chance. Shh, he's coming over. Ladies. Hi. And hello to you. Back at you, handsome. Fanta picked beef jerky? Mm, girl, we're going to be here a while. 